When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another week and another edition of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast on KPRC 2 Plus. Click to Houston.com. I'm KPRC 2 Sports Director Randy McAvoy. Great to have you with us as we talk sports for another week. And I'll tell you what, this is a very busy time on the sports scene in the greater Houston area. So much is going on right now. And of course, March Madness leads the way. We have hit the Sweet 16 round. As you're watching or listening to this week's uh, Houston Sports Weekly podcast, uh, we have reached the Sweet 16 round, and that means the Houston Cougars are still alive and well in Kansas City as they begin their trek to hopefully landing at the Final Four here in Houston very soon. It begins with a Sweet 16 date against Miami coming up Friday night in Kansas City. We're going to dive right into it. Listen in to head coach Kelvin Sampson on his weekly media session. You know, if you're not a coach, you probably wouldn't understand it. But you can replicate that uh, in practice, just like you can replicate um, pressure situations with free throws. They'd rather make a free throw than have to have the team do this or do that. Sometimes there's a lot of pressure on making a free throw in practice. Um, you know, we do a lot of... Uh, two minutes, uh, three minutes, or the first time out after the four minute. And here's how we're gonna play. Here's what we're gonna run. We put two minutes and 38 seconds on the clock. Red team has the ball. Um, they're up two. And if they lose, they have to run two shuttles. You know, you better have some poise at practice. So you, you got a lot of people counting on you uh, to execute, uh, do the right thing. So uh, poise is something you can see when nobody else is around. Uh, just like how we prepare. You know, we, we prepare uh, when nobody's looking. Uh, so when everybody is looking, uh, we're ready. Now that doesn't mean the ball's always gonna go in. Um, you know, the other night when um, our last game when Jamal and Marcus got four fouls, um, there wasn't any panic. You know, we kind of knew what we were going to do. It's not like I had a million choices. <laughs> you know, we weren't going to get the ball to Jay Wan at the top of the key and say, go work your magic, Juan. Uh, he has no magic. Um, you know, Jairus was an option, but um, Jairus is not going to get a clean shot. He was always going to have to make a hard shot. Whereas uh, Tremont, is our best ISO player. Um, and we've used him many times this year uh, in those situations, just not, just, not, just not like we did the other night. When you have Jamal and Marcus on the floor, you see it in pieces. When they're not on the floor, you got to see, who, see what he's really good at. And fortunately for us, uh, he stepped up to the plate, um, made a lot of big shots. You know, we're not going to do anything different in our 37th game. 
what's changed is how many people's on this uh, board in front of me. Good Lord. You know, but at our 22nd game, I don't know who we played. There was nobody here but the regulars. So things change around us, and rightfully so. It's the NCAA tournament. It's March Madness, Sweet 16. But um, it's just, it's a moment. It's a moment in time for all of us. Um, and our focus is uh, stay in the moment. I've got my practice plan over here on my board. Uh, I've got my notes um, that I want to get across in a film session. But that board is no different than uh, playing Tulane a month ago or playing Tulsa three months ago. I do that for every game. So this is our next game, and that's how we approach it, and we stay in the moment. And they run an offense that you can tell how good a coach Coach Laranega is in the way he lets them play in space. You know, he doesn't – you know, very similar to how we played with Tremont the other night. He puts his best players in a position to be successful, and he lets them play. You can tell they have great freedom. Their shot selection is, is, their, is the shots they like to get. Sometimes they're contested, sometimes they're not. doesn't matter. They can make them either way. And then uh, Omir, uh, I think you need a player that doesn't demand the ball all the time. He's going to give you great effort regardless whether you throw it to him or not. Um, uh, and you call those guys winners, and I think Omir's the ultimate winner. Uh, Poplar reminds me a little Tajay Moore. He has that kind of athleticism. You know, he can make a, a play with his athleticism just by playing hard. Um, so Pac Wong, Poplar, Miller, Omir, um, you can see why they're the ACC champs. Um, they're good. They're probably the best offensive team that we've played this year at all five positions. Uh, Omir uh, can score, but he impacts the game more with his rebounding. But you've, but you've got to watch him on that block too. So um, I like their team. You know, there's very few teams that we've played that I'd like to go see as a fan. This is one of them. Um, but Jarrett's has really improved. When I say he was a bad defender when he got here, um, I've had some bad ones. Jarrett's is right there with all of them. Um, you know, didn't he just didn't understand. But you know, when you you're off, your game is built on offense. He's, it was no different than. Um, um, but there's, I mean, I, I got a long list of them, but once you learn to play in a system and where to go and when to be there, it starts with your attitude. The one thing Jairus has had since day one, and I could tell this in recruiting him, he's just a wonderful kid, just a sweetheart. Um, never had a minutes, um, problem with him. I mean, I get on all these kids, uh, Quentin Grimes was like that. The harder you get on them, uh, the better they are. And, and great players want to be coached, which is why he came here. He, he knew what he was getting into, but he wanted that. He, he knew he needed that. His father and mother uh, knew it. Uh, and that's a big part of why we got him. You can recruit a kid as hard as you want. They have to decide whether it's the right fit for them. Um, but uh, Jairus has just been a... Uh, a wonderful, wonderful teammate. Uh, Jamal, Marcus, J1, and Tremont, and Reggie. Uh, those five guys have been around here for a while. Uh, they, they, they deserve a lot of credit in his development, too. But um, Jairus asks great questions. He's, um, 
know, he wants to do good. You know, he's he's a pleaser, but he's also learned to be um, independent. I don't want guys. I, I don't like pleasers to be pleasers. Um, you know, I, I'd rather them please themselves than please me because I mean they have their own standards. You know, don't, don't do it because I told you to. Do it, understand why you're doing it. And that's where Jarrison's made his greatest uh, improvement, Chris. Uh, Chris is, uh, he knows why. He knows why we're doing it this way. That's why they struggle in uh, uh, November and December because they don't know what they're doing. You know, I always get amazed that people want to know what was wrong with our team in November. Nothing. That's why I never overreact anything in November and December. They're learning. They don't know what they're doing half the time. It takes usually to about Christmas to figure out our defense for those young, new guys. Uh, and every year we start over because every year we lose four starters. Um, but Jarris has come a long way, man. Uh, I'm really proud of him. Th this has been just a tremendous blessing. Uh, there's not a day goes by that I don't think how lucky I am uh, to be working with my family. Uh, and that is such a blessing. I can't. Yeah, we use that word blessing a lot. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of evolved into the thank you and please category. It's just a word. But for me, it's a blessing in its in its uh, pure sense. You know, um, you know, <clears throat> I, I was this is 2023. I was a head coach in college in 1983, uh, 82, whatever year that was, 81, 82. So, you know, when you've done this for 40 years, there's not a lot you haven't seen. Um, and the biggest thing I learned in the NBA is how to delegate. You know, I, I learned I don't have to do it all. You know, I was, I always thought I had to be the hardest worker. That that would show my staff um, the way I wanted things done. And if they didn't do it right, then I'd go behind them and do it myself because I wanted things done a certain way. Um, but Kellen and Lauren, the, 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 they, they know your idiosyncrasies. Um, they come back at me. You know, they disagree with me. They tell me no. They say, that's not the right way. And, and they've, they just helped me. They've, they've made me better. You know, by telling, telling me, you know, I'll say something. Uh, we'll have a staff meeting. And I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And right before I'm finished, I, Lauren's got her head down doing this. <clears throat> I go, what's, what's wrong, Lauren? She said, we can't do it that way. This is, this is what this school's doing and this is what this school's doing. And I said, well, explain it. And she said, go, I go okay, and you're right. <laughs> you know, your guy has no idea what's going on half the time. But when you got, your, when you got uh, a staff that's competent and that's striving to get better, and that's the atmosphere that I want, I want an atmosphere where everybody's always on edge to find out a part of our program that you can make better. And Kellen has really elevated this program in his way. Lauren has really elevated the program uh, in their way. And the, the thing that I had to teach them both was how to say no and understand that you're right and stand, stand up for that. You know, just because somebody disagrees with you, that's okay. That's okay. Um, you know, when you're coaching a team or running a program, you have to deal in facts. You can't deal in opinions. 
You know, you're not going to get anywhere with, with, uh, based on somebody's opinion. You know, you have to deal with your facts. And Kellen and Lauren has raised the um, standards of this program because they're so good in their area. And I tell all my staff, I want you to be first team off conference in your role. We're all role players. You know, I, I don't want to be the player of the year. I just want to be first team off conference because I'm part of a team. Um, and I got great teammates. And that's what we are. Yeah, I may be the face, but we're all in this together. These guys don't work for me. They work with me, and I'm honored to be working with them. Well, great to hear from head coach Kelvin Sampson. Uh, again, what a job he has done with this program. You know the story, arriving here beginning in 2014. I mean, this program was in shambles when he arrived. There was no attendance inside of Hall Fies Pavilion. He even had walk-ons come in in that first year to try to help out. He just didn't have any talent. He had to build it from scratch, and now he has the Houston Cougars as a perennial powerhouse team. Another 30-plus win season, entering the Sweet 16, 33-3. Again, the Cougars will take on Miami in Kansas City. The other game, Texas and Xavier. The two winners meet Sunday in the Elite Eight there in Kansas City with a trip to the Final Four on the line. We're going to take a break here on Houston Sports Weekly. We have much more coming up. Ari Alexander will handle segment two when we come back. Welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly. I'm joined by KPRC2 Texans insider Aaron Wilson. We are in the auditorium for the Houston Texans because we just got done watching Laramie Tunsil talk about being the highest paid O-lineman in the NFL. Three-year, $75 million deal. It reset the market. Aaron, why would you pay Laramie Tunsil market resetting money? You pay him because he has rare blocking traits. You think about the athleticism. He's different from the other left tackles. And number one reason, you're going to draft a rookie quarterback and you want to protect that investment. I look at offensive tackles. It's like car insurance. You have to have car insurance to protect your more valuable investment. If you have a Lamborghini car, you need insurance. And that's how I liken him to You think about Laramie, and he called himself the X Factor. He reset the market again, and you know, he did it his way with his own negotiating team, with guys that advised him, La Luzani, St. Omni. And yeah, for Laramie, good for him because he's doing it his own style, and it's different. And these are market trend-setting deals, groundbreaking. And I think the reason you do it primarily is because how do you replace him? What's out there that you could get that's comparable? And there's nothing comparable. So it's affordable when you think about where the salary cap is. It's a lot of money. It's a gigantic investment. And it's something that came together very quickly, how they negotiated this deal. Well, it's affordable. It's a gigantic investment at the same time because look what happened before they, were tra they traded for Laramie Tunsil. Matt Khalil. Was I remember when I first got here in 2019, they signed Matt Khalil, and Matt Khalil was so bad that he retired, and then the Texans went out and traded for Tunsil. Let's, let's go, like, hypothetically here. Let's say you don't you trade Tunsil for something. What else could have been out there? What was, what was the possibility in a no-Tunsil world? You could trade for Jonah Williams, who's available after they acquired Orlando Brown Jr. You could have signed Orlando Brown Jr. You could have traded Laramie Tunsil to the Kansas City Chiefs if they would have you know, not been – somewhat, I would say, cheap on trade terms. You could do a lot of things. None of it would have been as good. 
There wasn't a comparable left tackle, and he really benefited from the fact that this wasn't a stud free agent class of offensive tackles. So when you think about Laramie Tunsil versus Orlando Brown Jr., Jonah Williams now available via trade, Jawan Taylor, who's more of a right tackle and did sign a giant contract with the Chiefs, it's just different levels to this. And, I mean, he looks different. He is elite athleticism. He's just different from the other linemen. And, you know, he looks different. He acts different. He just sets himself at a little bit different level. And, you know, as I say, there's levels to this. His level, elite, and it's hard to find a pass protector like him. He allowed one sack. I'm not even sure if that sack was all his fault. He was helping Kenyon Green in the first game of last <laughs> season against the Colts, getting his first game. And, you know, he did a down block with him. And EJ Speed came free and hit Davis Mills. But, you know, he was exemplary in pass protection. And he showed up for everything. He was around. He showed a commitment. He told the Texans, I want to be here. It's important to him. And I think the thing is sometimes when a player, they have that strong desire, that does impact negotiations because you're like, okay, he's passionate about this. He's not just like lukewarm about playing here. Yeah, well, he talked a little bit about how much he cares about the city, and he's going to be here for a long time because it's like blink of an eye, but he's already been here for four seasons. He's signed for three more. So that's, you know, that is a long time, especially in an NFL career where the average career lasts like four years, right? And if you had a good, you know, 10 years, you have a good career. He will have put at least seven years here. What did you think about just what he had to react in terms of his deal? I thought his reaction was interesting because he was just very – you know, like he always is. He was pretty chill up there. He was like, you know, kind of owning the room. And he's a man of few words, but everything he said, it kind of, I thought, put an exclamation point on how he feels I'm the himself. X factor. Confidence. Love it. Yeah. yeah. How often do you have a swaggy offensive lineman? He's different. I, I think it's cool because most offensive linemen just like, uh, I play hard. I listen to what coach <laughs> tells me. Yeah. And he's different. So I think it's fun. I mean, you know, we're in sports journalism. If anybody's a little bit different, has a little bit different take, has confidence and can back up their words, I think that's cool. That's the era we come from where if you can back it up, it's okay to be that way. So tell me about the article that he mentioned. He uh, and it's it's his pinned tweet. Pretty it was like very good starter or whatever. And he took offense to that, which like he got called a very good starter. And his level of belief in his play is so high that very good starter is so offensive to him that he built his whole like plan of improvement around this article. So tell me about the article. Right, it's a narrative. I don't even remember who wrote this thing, but someone definitely said it. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty great. Yeah. So it's all pretty good is kind of to him. That is damning with faint praise. So, yeah, Laramie Tunsil, you always look for motivational fuel. He found it and the Internet and social media, and he's a big social media guy. So I think it just motivated him even more. But he's always had this high standard. The guy trains very hard. He's always in good shape. He takes pride in being fit, and he takes pride in his game and working on his past sets and, you know, how he works on his fundamentals and – a hard-working football player. I know everybody thinks, well, he's kind of flashy, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, but he also puts in the time. There's a sweat equity aspect to it, too. Man, it means a lot just to be in this position with this organization for the second time, becoming the highest paid for the second time. It means a lot. Man, H-Town, I'm, I'm glad to be I'm glad to be here with H-Town for another four years. It, it was very important to stay here because I consider this home. You know, I build a relationship with the coaches. I build a relationship with the players. I build a relationship with the front office. I build a relationship with you guys. So just staying here 
and talking to you guys daily, talking to my teammates daily and to the coaches, man, it means a lot. Right. So as my role in this team, I view myself as the X factor for this whole entire team, the X factor and a mentor for the young guys, you know, the Jalen Petries, the Damian Pierce, the Keen Greens. I view myself as a mentor, like like a captain, like a captain role. I want to help those guys in any way that I can. And whenever they need me, they can hit me up. If they got any questions, they can hit me up. Like, I'm here for those guys. I'm here for this team. I'm here to contribute to this team and help them win games also. That was my biggest thing uh, was staying with the Houston Texans. I believe this organization is going to turn around quickly, actually. The, the, this organization is on the uprise, especially, especially getting a guy like D'Amico Ryans to come in this building, you know, a young energy guy, younger younger coach, and he was actually a player here too. So getting a guy like that to come in this building means a lot. So we're trying to get things turned around. It, it means it means a lot. It means a lot for the team to believe in me, especially coming from this organization that has unbelievable players: JJ Watt, Andre Johnson, Vince Whitford, the Cushions. Like it, it, it means a lot to me that this organization believed in me and gave me another shot, another four years to, you know, contribute to the team. First and foremost, the the free agents that Nick signed. Man, he's cooking right now. He's really cooking. He got some some great players coming into the locker room to also contribute to the team and help them win. And speaking of the draft, like, let's you say we have five picks, 11 picks in the draft, man, the sky's the limit for us. Like, we can really get this organization back on track and get it rolling. I believe in Nick in the front office to draft the best player in this draft and to help us win games. So I'm, I'm very excited, whoever they pick at the number two pick and the number 12 pick to come in here and help us win games. I'm excited. I'm ready to get it done. Like I said, I view myself as an X factor for protecting and a mentor for, for those guys who ever come in. You also have a draft coming up here, five picks in the first 75, a second overall pick, a 12th overall pick. And we've talked probably way too much about the draft because of high, how high the Texans have picks. But when it comes to what they're doing in free agency, what they just signed Denzel Perryman. One, what does Denzel Perryman bring in? Two, what else do you have left? What spots do you need to fill? Because this is a team with a lot of holes. Right, inject some toughness with Denzel Perryman. One-year deal, I think it's not even more than $4 million. We're waiting for the details on that one. Denzel was a Pro Bowl linebacker, and you know he's one of these guys who's a thumper. And I think they lack that. So to have Denzel in the house, I think it really does add something. They had to get comfortable with his medical. He tore his labrum, and he's going to be cleared by April. And that's what I think cost him getting a three-year deal or a two-year deal, so it's why he's on a one-year contract. But he adds something, and that's something, if you think about the run defense, it was not exactly the hardest-hitting bunch that Christian Harris occasionally would smack somebody, but they needed that. And he's very experienced. He's age 30. He's been playing in the NFL for a long time. And it makes me wonder, you know, is it going to be him, Kirksey, and Christian Harris? Is Kirksey going to be a part of it? They've told him they expect him to be here. And so we'll see how that works with Denzel Perriman's presence now. What about the other spots they need to fill? They, they have sort of a limited amount of money left for free agency. There's going to be a lot of capital going toward the draft. But if you have, one, how many spots do you think they can afford to fill? And then what spots do they need to fill? They have a lot of room. They need a kick returner. Steven Sims from the Commanders is of interest to them. So that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, hasn't been a fast deal. I think he lives here. Yeah, I yeah. think he does. There's a wide receiver, also lives here from Prairie View A&M, Kaderil Hodge. And so he visited, and he's of interest to them. He's more of a special teams guy, but he can also be a fourth receiver. So he's got some production. He played for the Browns before. So those are a couple spots. They added a backup center in Michael Dieter. He'll compete with Scott Quesenberry. I'm sure they're going to draft a center. Yeah. And there's really not a lot of, you know, they're kind of sifting through. 
Denzel Perryman's probably one of the better players that was still left out there. But there's others. You know, there's, I don't think they're going to involve with DJ Shark. That would be good if they did. But I have not heard anything connecting the Texans to a big-name receiver. And they traded their wide receiver, Brandon Cooks. And that was quite the saga with Cooks. I talked to Cooks before uh, he headed up to Dallas. And he was overjoyed, and he appreciated it. He said, Nick Casario, man of his word. Laramie Tunsa, a different word for Nick Casario. He's cooking. He's cooking with gas, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's made some good moves. I think it's been solid. Yeah, he's, he's, had, he's had some money to spend, and he's been more aggressive than he was in the past, not just, you know, only with these small deals. Some of these contracts are pretty decent, like Sheldon Rankin's. And you think about Robert Woods. They really need Robert Woods to pan out. He's going right. to have a revitalized kind of year. If some of these moves work, then you, maybe you extend some of these guys. But there are a bunch of one-year deals. It's Everybody's here kind of short-term. And then the cap is going to go way up, and they're going to have a ton of money next year. So by then, maybe they're good. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, you're. but when you look at this receiving core, you're building around Robert Woods, who's coming off a really rough year with Tennessee, Nico Collins, who has shown flashes, but I don't think has shown enough consistency that that's your wide receiver, too, and you feel comfortable with it. And then a couple other guys, they signed a guy like uh, a Noah Brown. Do they need to draft a receiver at 12, or can they wait? They can wait. There's a ton of receivers, so there's no need to force it to go Jackson Smith, Nagima, or I think Quentin Johnson is sliding a little bit, appearing maybe late first round, early second round now from TCU. And Jordan Addison didn't run very fast, wasn't very sudden, wasn't very twitchy. The best player, and this is the spot I think they need still after losing Oboa Caronquo, need an edge rusher. Okay. And, you know, Smith, Nolan Smith from Georgia, tore up the combine. That'd be pretty good. Miles Murphy, uh, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Could be some names in the mix. I think they could get a really good pass rusher, and I still think they need one. If they go quarterback at two, maybe at 12 you're going pass rusher edge rusher or a D tackle to get a younger one to go with Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins and they'll be like Brian Brze from Clemson. So there's gonna be a cluster of players that I think are pretty good and the twelfth pick is valuable. And then you can wait till thirty three until you uh you go for a receiver? All those guys will probably be there. I think Quentin Johnston's there. I think Jordan Addison could even be there. I'm sure the Ohio State receiver despite not running very fast, I guess early reports are four five so far today. Yeah. He's a good player though. I think that that doesn't stop them. They're, they're not out of the wide receiver business. All right. Well, this is uh, an enlightened chat, as always, about the state of the Texans, a team that is going into the NFL draft with plenty of picks, but still plenty of holes to fill. Aaron Wilson, our KPRC2 Texans insider. Thanks for watching Houston Sports Weekly.